Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. I will say, as I do at the top of every show, as long as I remember, which I have a pretty good track record of remembering, that there will be spoilers. Almost guaranteed. It's, is it 100% chance? No, nothing's 100% chance. The, I, I may, the Earth may get struck by the meteorite right now, and we all die, in which case I didn't spoil anything. See? You never know. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show, although I don't know I do, is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. See, it's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish like the beautiful flowers that they are. Without further ado, I will push a button that will get us started. Like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is movies, like books, but without all those troublesome words. Oh shit, I just realized, (laughs) idiot, that I forgot to open up all the windows that I would open up to have things open for my podcast in case I need to look at things. So if you hear clicking... That is the sound of windows being opened. Behind the scenes action. Movies of the first, as you can guess if you listen to last week's episode, is The Hunger Games colon Catching Fire. Because we are talking The Hunger Games series one episode per week for four weeks, a.k.a. a month. So what's going to happen. Uh, let me read the Imda, uh, Katniss Everdeen, stupid name, and Pita Melark, other stupid name, uh, became targets of the capital after their victory in the 74th Hunger Games. This sparks a rebellion in the districts. Okay, so basically this is taking the same movie and then saying, okay, how do we do the same movie? Uh, we'll do it again. Um, but we have to have a reason for doing it again. And (laughs) it was kind of, that's the feel of it. Not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, in a movie in which tournaments to the death take place, uh, why not have a couple of said tournaments, right? In in a movie series, I should say. So, uh, very, very similar to the first movie. 
the sort of uh, thought was that the, uh, I don't know what he's called, uh, Donald Sutherland, the president guy, uh, is not happy with how things have gone and decides to switch up the rules for the Hunger Games, meaning this year, the 75th annual, uh, past winners of the games will be who is competing, which is unheard of. So basically they can kind of make up the rules as they see fit to fit their whims, uh, which is pretty shady and would cause people to rebel even further, I would say. Uh, rating wise, uh, I'll still go a, a, a solid three or four. I, I had enjoyment watching it. Um, the figuring out of the arena in which the games takes place was interesting and some of the the, the cool little tricks and tips of the arena uh, I don't, I, you know pretty good pretty good okay decent not great but but good books were better okay so let's move on to the night before oh would have been nice if i had to watch this you know around christmas time but um, well, I didn't. Or we didn't, I should say, because I watched it with the Mrs. and a guest of the Mrs. and I. Uh, I should have got their ratings. That would have been the smart thing to do. Mine, I'll go a solid, jeez, definite four and possibly some five out of five moments. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, uh, up there, as far as comedic um holiday christmas holiday movies uh this and scrooge are probably the two best i would hazard a guess you got some you know jingle all the way and oh bad santa's really good too okay so let's go scrooge is the best bad santa and this are in the top five as well okay uh on a christmas eve three lifelong friends spend the night in new york looking for the holy grail of christmas parties uh, basically, that's it. Uh, I see I'm running out of time, so I better hurry up. Uh, we also, the Mrs. I and Friend, watched The Shawshank Redemption, which is basically a perfect movie. Just period. Uh, so we'll go five out of five. Uh, and nothing need to be said about that, because everyone's seen it and loves it, right? And I'm out of time, so i got to fit in this last movie, Better Off Dead, from 1985. I uh, heard people talking about it on, I believe it was the Harmon Town podcast, so uh, Curtis, specifically Curtis Armstrong, so decided, since I had never seen it back in the day, um, of course, I was only four years old, so it might not have uh, been too appealing to me. Um, apparently, John Cusack, not a big fan of this movie. It's one of his earlier movies. Let me read the IMDA. Uh, a teenager has to deal with his girlfriend dumping him among family crises, homicidal paperboys, and a rival skier. Uh, I go four to five. Very good classic 1980s flick. So I, I liked it. There's fun to be had. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Bodie McBoatface. Thank you for that. Today we've got a television series in its entirety. It is called Africa, 
as in the continent. It is a six-part BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, I do believe that stands for, uh, series narrated, hosted by none other than Sir David Attenborough. David Attenborough and nature documentaries are the PBJ and are the PB and J rather of uh, nature documentaries and narration as far as I'm concerned. Um, the other sort of beautiful thing of this is that when it's Sunday and you're and it's raining outside, it's kind of cold and uh, you're maybe you're a little tired and you're thinking about the work day that you're going to have tomorrow and you're just lazing in bed trying to soak up those last few precious, precious hours of the weekend. Nothing, I would say, nothing beats a nature documentary. Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. Maybe blowjobs. Those are pretty good too. But nature documentaries, I don't know. Specifically those uh, narrated by David Attenborough who something about his voice probably a lot of nostalgia because he's been doing this for so many years so as a child sort of looking back and remembering all the nature documentaries in similar situations although replace work with school i suppose uh this one entirely devoted to regions of africa uh the regions in question are uh Cal the kalahari uh, the Savannah, the Congo, <coughs> excuse me, the Cape, and Sahara, uh, Sahara, and the last one was the Future, which, uh, to be 100% Amish with you, uh, the Future, I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of didn't watch, uh, I don't, I, I don't think I watched it in its entirety because it was more about... Uh, helping to protect these areas, uh, you know, uh, environmental stuff, which is not what I'm there to experience on these aforementioned lazy Sundays. Uh, it <laughs> it sort of made me think about how the planet is doomed, which is not what you want to think about when you're relaxing. So uh, on the one hand, I feel guilty for not having thought of that. Uh, on the other, come on, man, it's Sunday. Uh, probably, I, possibly my favorite was the cape, uh, just because it's delved, pun intended, uh, into the water a little bit, because that's where water is. Uh, whereas Sahara and Kalahari, both sort of similar in that they're desertous. Uh, Congo, always good to get into a super abundant jungle because there's so crazy amount of just life oozing from it. Uh, but yeah, the Cape, uh, whenever there's a documentary that involves going underwater, I think that adds, uh, should come as no surprise that it adds a certain level of relaxation because we were all as pre-babies, fetuses or fetus I. Uh, we're living in a uh, watery liquid environment, so that's why um, uh, deprivation tanks work because it's just that sort of floating in the in the womb. So maybe that has something to do with why uh, filming underwater, uh, seeing fish swim around is 
extra relaxing. Uh, there's even that idea that if you have an aquarium at home and watch your fish in the aquarium, it lowers your blood pressure. So is the effect the same as watching on your television underwater fishes and what have yous? Probably. Uh, I'd like to see this taken to other continents as well. Uh, South Africa, uh, South Sorry, South America you could probably do. Australia you could probably do. Uh, North America... Maybe because I live in North America, I find documentaries about North America not as good. Anyways, 5 out of 5. Lovely. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is movies. Never as good as the book. Okay, so a very special edition of the podcast in that I have never done this before. And that is double movie monologue, basically. Uh, I hadn't finished a book and I had watched a shit ton of movies. So what I decided to do is rather than do maybe a Just Tweets Day or Skip a Book Banter Day, I decided to jam in in other four movies. Yes. Uh, okay, so movie, the first of this segment, or if you're counting, fifth overall, Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. Ju- Justice. Why is it V and not versus? V-S. A- anyways. Uh, okay, so had went into this with very uh, low expectations, as I don't think I heard anything good about it. Uh, on that note, probably next episode, it'll be 364, I'll have Deadpool, which I haven't heard anything bad about. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, uh, low expectations on the one hand, on the other, loving everything Batman related, so... Maybe that sort of balanced it out. I don't know. Uh, Let's say right off the bat that as unprofessional reviewer guy that I am, uh, I liked it very much. Rating-wise, I'd probably go a solid 4 out of 5. Yeah, I'd watch it again. If you're unfamiliar with my rating system, uh, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. But uh, this one, yeah, I would watch again. I I did have a a great amount of enjoyment in it, uh, despite the fact that also going in, I had the assumption in my brain, uh, rightly proven, and this is a spoiler, I suppose, that Batman did win. Come on. Come on. Uh, Something I always say of that Batman versus Superman, whenever that argument comes up, who would win in a fight, is that... If Batman, if Batman knows the fight is going to happen, he will win. If Batman is, at the time, Bruce Wayne... Ooh, that's a bit of a spoiler. Batman is Bruce Wayne. Uh, if he's just sitting there reading the paper, uh, Alfred's pouring him his morning cereal, and Superman flies in at the speed of sound and punches him in the head as hard as he can, he probably wouldn't win that fight. So it, it all has to do with preparation. Preparation is key. Uh, yeah, I don't know why people hated this movie so much. There was a few times where I sort of shook my head and thought, okay, well, that's a little ridiculous, but this is a movie about Batman and Superman, so levels of toleration of ridiculousness are high. Uh, okay, so let's move on to... Did I... 
Uh, okay, so let's move on to uh, Hail Caesar. Uh, this is another movie that I had sort of high hopes for. Uh, similar to Deadpool, but not a lot of fuss was made of it. Uh, I sort of found like it's, uh, it just sort of came out and I never really heard anyone saw it. I'm looking at the IMDb, it got a 6.6. Probably, if I had to guess, one of the least regarded Coen Brothers movies, if I had to guess. Uh, and I could see that. Um, it didn't really blow me away too, too much. But, again, I did like it. Uh, Rating-wise, I'd probably go closer to a 3 than a 4, but uh, if I ever did, like, a Cohen movie marathon, I would not hesitate to rewatch this, so that's more towards a, a 4. It's, it was strange, um, <laughs> which is not unusual for a Cohen, Cohen movie, but was it too strange is perhaps a question. Uh, a Hollywood fixer in the 1950s works to keep the studio stars in line. Yeah, uh, the fixer in question, played by Josh Brolin, who did an amazing job. Uh, George Clooney was good and weird. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, all sorts of giant names in this. Um, but did it come together as a whole sort of movie? I don't know. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I really fucked this one up. Uh, so I paused. Hey, it's, uh, I'll, I'll give you a little behind the scenes action again. It is the Sunday of a long weekend here. So, uh, pausing of the timer, although I try not to do it. If you're gonna do it, it may as well be on a Sunday of a long weekend. Uh, next movie is Bridge of Spies, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, this is another one that sort of came out. Um, I heard of it. It didn't look like something that I would rush out to see. I never heard anyone talking about it. Uh, this is a little bit higher rating, 7.6 on IMDb. My rating, I'd go 3. Uh, my desire to watch this movie again is probably not there at all. Uh, that being said, I'm giving it a 3 because I did have enjoyment while watching it. Because that's how my rating system works. Uh, Tom Hanks plays a dude who, and this is based on a true story apparently, helps negotiate uh, the release of prisoners during the Cold War. Uh, you know, you got some uh, CIA, you got some Germans, you got some Soviets, uh, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, the fact that these events seemingly, at least <laughs> based on, happened uh, is interesting. Um you know, that's all I have to say about that subject. Okay, uh, last but uh, possibly least, but maybe not, is a Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, uh, I remember as a... When did this come out? In 86, so I would have been five. And I probably saw it when I was five or six. And to see this movie when you're five or six probably scarred me for life. I, uh, <laughs> it might not be a movie that a five or six-year-old should watch. If you look at the cover, it's like, oh yeah, it's a, a plant and a bunch of people. Oh, what's the big deal? But it's a, a plant that eats people and they're singing and dancing and friggin' a crazy Steve Martin dentist. And uh, possibly this movie had a detro detrimental effect on me as a whole and helped shape the man I became became today. So, good, bad, I don't know. The movie, I forgot. 
I forgot a lot about what this movie was, to be honest with you. Like, uh, I didn't think there was as much singing and dancing, which uh, I don't readily search out in my life, be it through uh, movies or musicals or opera or theater or things of that nature. That being said, some of the songs are kind of funny. Uh, and I was watching it while playing a video game. So, you know, playing Fallout 4 while uh, tapping along to the ditties of Little Shop of Horror with your foot. Sure. Uh, bottom line, this is a movie about a giant man-eating plants. Today's game, Gavin, the sponsor is Nuka Cola Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, as I mentioned slash warned in uh, last week's episode, I will be playing for the foreseeable little while uh, Fallout 4 with the addition of the uh, what's the robot DLC called Automata or something like that, and now the Far Harbor. Uh, I will be playing, uh, just, I started playing from the beginning, and I'm going to play into the DLCs, uh, and the other sort of interesting little, uh, replayability factor that I have going for me is that I've added, uh, mods. Uh, I, I've sort of realized that the mods I've added don't really affect the game in huge ways com- compared to the way I was playing. Uh, mostly comes in the form of sort of the coolest one I have is a ring that gives you the ability to have the uh, jetpack. <laughs> so it's like a jetpack ring. Uh, cool thing about that is like if you go into third person and then you activate it, you can see literally the flames shooting out of the bottom of your feet as you fly around. So uh, that's pretty cool. Also uh, created a new character who is a uh, naked girl with giant boobs. Giant Oops. Which, oh, you know what I should do? Uh, because I find that if you add the word boobs or giant boobs to the title of an episode, somehow, some way, uh, it quite often gets a lot more downloads. So why don't we call this episode Fallout for Giant Boobs Mod. Or no, I don't know if I like that. Uh... Fallout 4, uh, Giant Boobs, uh, what is it called? Jet Pack Ring. Okay, so it'll be something to that effect. Maybe by the end of the episode or as I post it, it'll be a little different. But that's sort of a good way to encapsulate my most latest playthrough. Uh, where am I now? Um, I'm sort of decided, because I didn't do it, actually, in my first playthrough, play uh, what I'm doing now before I touch the DLC is going on a, uh, bobblehead search. Um, I've sort of created my house. Uh, I've done as I did similar, but not exactly, that my first playthrough created a giant house on Spectre Island, uh, a sort of house in the sky, 
one of the things you can now create, and I don't know if this is from mods or from one of the DLCs, is you can create a, uh, what's it called, a light lighthouse, a lighthouse, yes. Yeah. So I create a lighthouse, then go up to the top and build off of that. So basically I have a, uh, a pre-war house built on a platform that attaches to a uh, a lighthouse. So it looks weird, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of cool. It gives you that sense of a, a castle in the sky is how I'm thinking about it. So I got that all sort of set up how I, how I like it. Uh, it really came out well and I'm happy with it. So that's always the first thing I do in a game like this is get my house set up how I like so that way I can come back and drop off shit. Uh, I can uh, build up new guns. That's the other thing. Uh, I've got a mod that lets me add legendary um, legendary mods <laughs> onto my uh, armor and weapons, so that's kind of fun to play around with. Uh, yeah, as I was saying, uh, so right now I'm doing a bobblehead search. Uh, in fact, as soon as I finish recording this, I'm going back to that. Um, I've done some of the main storyline. Like uh, right now in the main storyline, I would be going to the memory den and doing that part. Uh, I've done some side quests that I didn't do the first time around, and that's sort of my thought. My first time around, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time with the settlements and those quests. Here, I've just sort of done the first handful, uh, and I'm also decided that I'm going to stick with the Underground Railroad, whereas the first time I did the Brotherhood of Steel, so, you know, mixing things up, making it different, and uh, having a lot of fun in my first couple of weekends. Lovely. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Titanic 2. This time it's personal. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so item the first is a new addition to my podcast listening repertoire. Uh, yeah, so I, I hadn't added a podcast in quite a while, and I forget where I heard about this one. Maybe it was on another podcast, but I kind of don't think it was. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's called the Hound Tall Discussion Series. Hound Tall is a... It's not an anagram. Oh, he had a word for it. Uh, it's like Town Hall, but Hound Tall. Like uh, uh, Bass Ackwards. Uh, there's, there's a name for those type of things, and I don't remember what it was. I think it started with the letter S. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we're here to talk about this podcast in which host Moshi, Moshe, I always, I always want to say Moshi, but it's Moshe, Moshe Kasher, who probably has come up on this podcast in one form or another, I would imagine, because I'm such a big fan of his, uh, has a smart person, a professional, a expert of some sort on uh, to talk about a subject, often a serious subject. Uh, and then he'll have, on um, at the same time, a bunch of comedians who will interrupt the discussion and, as Adam Carolla would say, crack wise. Uh, really, really smart idea. Um, and as soon as I heard the premise of the podcast, I knew it would be something that would be up my alley. And boy, howdy, is it? Like, I flew through these episodes 
the first one may have been the most interesting, actually, which is, a, I suppose, a good way to start a podcast. Uh, they had on someone, uh, a girl who, who was in a harem. Yeah, so uh, it was to the Sultan of Brunei who apparently has a harem. <laughs> she was like a like a an American girl, a white girl, punk kind of a punk girl, and she talked about her experience of how she was selected, uh all the sort of behind the scenes weirdnesses of it, um how she fell in love with the sultan. Uh just just cr- if you've ever want to heard what it's like to be in a harem, you could do so here while comedians they didn't make fun of her. They just made jokes about the experience. So, uh, very much recommend this podcast as a whole. And you're lucky in the sense that the first episode, uh, if you're a completionist like me, is actually probably one of the best. Um, they've spoken of death. They've spoken of being gay. They, uh, spoken of being brown in America. Uh, what else? Black holes. So sometimes they get scientific. Uh, there was dinosaurs, bugs uh suedo science or suedo science suedo i'm not saying that right uh burning man that was a fun one because i've always had a fascination with burning man uh all sorts of good stuff highly highly recommend this podcast you can't go wrong uh okay so uh let's move on to minute physics i see we have less than a minute to go so i'll have to do this quickly ironically if only we had a time machine uh, and then, if we went back in time and killed our grandfather, that would create a paradox. Because if we killed our grandfather, we wouldn't be born, and then we couldn't go back in time to kill him. Um, minute Physics has two, not even just one, two solutions on how to sort of bypass this uh, this paradox. The first one is actually, once he said it, fairly obvious. He even says, yeah, okay, this is a pretty, excuse me, this is a pretty easy one that most people know of uh it's that thought that okay so i go back and i kill my grandfather that then creates an alternate reality in which i have one reality where my grandfather is alive and that's where i came from and then i have one in which he is dead and that's the one that i created by killing him so yeah that's uh that's obvious right (laughs) it is when you when you sort of think about it the other one um you're gonna have to go yourself because i'm almost out of time and it's incredibly complicated to uh explain and understand so he gave us an easy one and a not so easy one which i very much appreciate uh okay so let's move on to the final item uh this is the dan cave which i assume i've brought back before anyways it's uh on the nerdist network on youtube uh dan casey uh brings back a subject to his cave you know what i just realized his set should look like a cave but it doesn't <laughs> maybe like a man cave yeah oh look we're, we're double pausing this episode unheard of uh yeah so he spoke of uh, horrible movie sequels that did not happen but almost did which would have been horrible and delightful at the same time uh let me just run down a few of them uh because as you hear we're already out of time uh dan casey probably definitely one of my favorite personalities on the nerdist network uh on the nerdist youtube channel he he seemingly have a lot in common so that always means you like people when you have lots in common with them 
Oh boy. Okay, so uh, Gladiator 2. <laughs> the only reason I wrote that one down, because the the explanation of what it was going to be is crazy, but <laughs> the, I saw Gladiator in the movie theater, uh, and I remember it was, to this day, to this day of being 35 years old, was the most and strongest I ever had to pee in my entire life. Like, bladder bursting, almost dying peeing, contemplating... Uh, peeing in my giant cup <laughs> like that bad I, I i so the movie although not ruined like why didn't i just go because i was like oh man this movie's almost over i don't want to miss the end I'm, I'm very particular about missing ends of movies so that that thought sticks out in my head very much uh next one is forrest gump there's going to be a forrest gump too which uh forrest gump not many people know based on a book and I believe there was actually two books. And I also know, since I read the first book, uh, the movie is very loosely based on the book. There's a, a lot different happens. He goes to space, for example, in, in the book. Uh, the movie 7, there was going to be a movie 8, which is dumb because it was the 7 Deadly Sins. So what is 8 <laughs> based on? They add an extra Deadly Sin. Uh, the only one that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing to this day, uh, just because I like the original so much and I don't think could actually happen now, is uh, Roger Rabbit. Apparently they were going to make a Roger Rabbit uh, sequel, which would have been interesting, or maybe it was a prequel. Anyways, uh, getting Disney and Warner Brothers and all those characters that were all those cartoon characters in one movie, it's amazing that it even did happen, Just as, just in terms of sort of... Uh, having lawyers involved and and very unlikely that it would happen now so uh, yeah there you go there we go uh, there we go together folks let's say as I like to do at the end of every episode that it's nice to be nice to the nice This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper